Hello, students. Hopefully, you guys are doing well. Hopefully, you guys are safe and sound. If you guys can access the PowerPoint on China, it should say Communist China 5 2020. You go ahead and take a, take a look at that. I'm going to be doing this one in the actual slideshow because there's going to be some pictures that are going to be popping in and out. Otherwise, you might see multiple pictures on top of one another if you just do it like in the editing mode. So, uh, so let's get started. Um, let's start by talking about a little, a little bit of what we already covered um, the first time we looked at China. So the first slide you're going to see is going to say, let's remember. So the communists defeated the nationalists. Remember that China was in the middle of a civil war uh, before the start of the Second World War. Uh, when the Japanese arrived, then the communists on one end of the nationalists kind of called the timeout. And it's a real rough timeout. The nationalists and the Chinese believed that together they could combat against the Japanese and kick the foreign threat out. And then once the foreign threat was defeated in 1945, then the civil war recommenced. It started over again. And then finally, that was from 45 and 1949, the communists defeat the nationalists. The nationalists move to Taiwan and Mao Zedong becomes officially the first communist leader of China. Um, being a communist system, and like we said, the communists love, especially, I wouldn't say communists, I'm going to say radical groups, whether they're on the right or left. The communists have their five-year plans. That's not to say that the Nazis and the fascists in Italy didn't have their plans uh, as well. But the communists love their five-year plans. And so the first one that Mao implements is very successful, huge gains in industry. And then the second one that he implements, known as the Great Leap Forward, had two parts. Remember that they were going to attempt to place the majority of Chinese people onto lots of landers, uh, land, farming land known as communes. You know, 25,000 people on these massive communal farms, as well as try their best to also increase the amount of iron that was being produced. However, because of poor, um, poor efforts, disastrous um, chain changes in watering and canal structures, um, a lot of the villages didn't get the water they needed for the food. The quotas that were put up there were not being met by the farms as well as the backyard furnace industries. So the Great Leap Forward becomes an utter failure. And as a result, Mao loses influence. He doesn't get kicked out of the Communist Party. Remember that the party itself has one guy who's a leader. But you also have within the Communist Party other people that are not fighting or arguing, but they are trying to step forward and become the next great leader of the Communist Party. So Mao kind of takes a step back and he's plotting about what is his next move potentially, right? He's trying to, to guess in his, the best of his mind, did I screw up? Did I mess up? Did I lead to somewhere between 40 to 60 million people starving to death in China? Was it my mistake? And he convinces himself that it's not his mistake that other people were involved, uh, plotters, capitalists, um, politicians, actors, rich people were the ones that set him up for failure. So if you guys go to the next slide, it's going to say the Cultural Revolution. The Cultural Revolution took place from 1966 to 1976. This was Mao's attempt to regain influence by backing radical communists. Now, if we're talking about communism, yeah, communism usually is pretty radical. Right? Communists believe that you're supposed to take the wealth from the rich kill off the rich, take their wealth, and then pass out that wealth 
to everyone else who's not rich, uh, the, the common people. So everybody has exactly the same amount. That's pretty radical when you're talking about beating people or killing people. Well, Mao's going to go back to some radical communist ways. So he's going to back the radicals and he wants to try to get rid of all these capitalist influences that were the ones that caused the mistake of the Great Leap Forward. Once again, is it really those people? No. But what, what Mao is attempting to do is regain power and he does it through a very heavy iron fist. So he's going to pinpoint what he feels are the um, the weak ones of society, the ones that are stopping a communist paradise from taking place. And he points the finger at politicians, some of them his, his own friends and members of the Communist Party, actors, teachers, upper class people, you name it. Anybody who was an individualist or seemed to be um, engaged in individual thought, trying to break away from the mass, those were the ones, mass of people. Those were the ones that had a target on their back during the Cultural Revolution. And if you turn to the next page, there you're going to see the radicals. And you should see a group of what looks to be maybe middle school girls, maybe middle school to you know, 13, 14, I'd say maximum. These are the radicals. These are the ones that Mao is going to employ for his Cultural Revolution. Now, you might look at them, you might go, eh. What are you talking about? That's radicals. No, they're a bunch of kids. No. I, well, I'll tell you what. This is pretty darn scary when you see millions and millions of middle school kids, some high school, but most of them are middle school kids that are marching in unison that have been propagandized by the state to make them believe that they are the group, the important ones that are going to carry out Mao's next revolution. If the youth are the ones that Mao is targeting to start the revolution, you can only take a wild guess on who's the opposite of the youth, the old. All right? So the young people are going to come together, rise up on behalf of Mao, and they are going to punish. As you guys saw in the video, hopefully you guys watched the video. As you saw in the video, they are going to punish their elders. Now, remember that we're talking about here in an Asian society that has a lot of reverence and obedience to elders, um, to bow your heads to the elders, that uh, you have the main patriarch or father of the family, and that might be the grandfather of the family, and you want to do what the patriarch tells you to do. Well, these are revolutionary times, and we're taking this vision of a patriarchal society where the elders are important, are the most important, and we're flipping it upside down. And now we're telling the children, you're the most important. You are the ones that are powerful. A couple of things of this image that we should see. If you click the button, uh, you should see the armbands they're wearing. There you have an example. You should, you should see an arrow pointing to the example that I own. This comes from my own personal collection. It says Maoist theory or think like Mao, something of that. So it's very similar to the ones that you see these young girls that are wearing as they're, they're marching in. And if you click to the next page, you're going to see some more, not only propaganda of these people that are wearing armbands, but also holding a little red book. Now, the little red book that you see there, if you click through a couple of these pictures, you'll see a black and white photo of some girls that are holding the book and kind of screaming and yelling. And the next one are some military men with their uniforms as they're reading from the book. And then there you have my example, uh, which is the English first edition copy of Mao's quotations. And if you click the page again, you'll see it just says quotations from Chairman Mao Zedong, 1966. 
I want to read you a couple of the things that were in Mao's book because they are rather um, terrifying. All right. If you click to the next page or the next image, you're going to see a couple of things. There's little children that are holding up their red book, the little red cookbook of communism. And it is just just quotes. You know, Mao, Mao was a speaker. Mao wrote a lot. And so what Mao had created here was just his most famous or most influential quotes that these children, the Red Guard, were going to take with them to revolutionize Chinese society. So it's off, off of these words that these children are assuming that they now have the power to go around and dictate to the elders, dictate to the non-cap or non-communists, to dictate to the capitalist pigs, the new view of Chairman Mao. And so I'm going to read, this is from chapter 30. This one is on youth. And so what I want you to do is just listen to what this is saying and then take a, another view of those children and see what propaganda they're being filled up with and how they can kind of peacock around once they hear the great Chairman Mao, the highest father, the highest patriarch of the land, talk about how great the youth are. So chapter 30, it starts off by saying, quote, the world is yours as well as ours, but in the last analysis, it is yours. You young people, full of vigor and vitality, so vigor and, and life, you are uh, are in bloom of life, like the sun at eight or nine in the morning. Our hope is placed on you. The world belongs to you. China's future belongs to you. We must help our young people to understand that ours is still a very poor country, that we cannot change this situation radically in the short term, and that only through the united efforts of our younger generation and all our people working with their own hands can China be made strong and prosperous within a period of several decades. The establishment of our socialist system has opened the road leading to the ideal society of the future, but to translate to this ideal, uh, this ideal into reality needs hard work. Right? We're placing the youth as the main catalyst, the main spring into action. And so these children reading from this book have this kind of fresh vitality, fresh life. Mao is placing it in, in our hands. We are the ones that are supposed to bring the next generation of, of socialism to China. There is a, another part over here. There's one section on youth. Let me see if I can find the other one. On study. I thought this one was another, another good one as well. So the idea of studying. Um, and I think this one goes directly in line to what the video was showing, especially about the punishments that the Red Guards would dish out. Quote, we can learn what we did not know. Uh, we are not only good at destroying the old world, we are also good at building the new. And I think if we're looking at what the Red Guard did as examples of not only the video, but also a couple of the images that you'll see in the next slides, that's exactly what the Red Guard did. Out with the old. And in with the new, we can get rid of old society, old life, old antagonisms, old money, and we can create a new communist paradise. The next image that you're going to see here are of two men who are been ratted out as being communist or capitalist, excuse me, ratted out as being individualist. They're probably, probably just regular Chinese people or sometimes government officials, and they are being taken by what looks to be Red Guard members, uh, very militaristically dressed, they're going to be taken and they're going to be publicly shamed in Beijing. 
They're going to be stood up on chairs. They have to bow down with weights on their necks. Uh, the next image shows that. And then another one shows a man who's had his hair shaved off. Uh, once again, public humiliation was mostly what was part over here. Um, but it didn't just end with public humiliation. Some people were denounced as enemies and counter-revolutionaries. Uh, they were abused. They were tortured. They were killed. Um, some were put into cow sheds and detention centers. To, and they were forced to perform manual labor. And they also had to recite the same quotes that were found in those uh, those books. They would recite and recite. And even though they were reciting, even though they were attempting to become good communists, oftentimes they were beaten. Um, you know, it's kind of horrible to uh, horrible to see. Some were killed. You know, some were killed. When we might talk about thousands of kills, we're not talking about an, you know like a wiping out of a of a huge amount of people. Not to say that a thousand people's um, low or anything like that, but most of the people dealt with beatings. You guys saw in the videos, I think there were some officials that had to bend down. They would take glass, they would shatter glass onto the floor, the red guards would, and then force the elders to kneel down on the glass. Now, of course, that's going to be uh, you know, ripping up their, their knees. And so there was one gentleman who would pad up his knees, put some knee pads on, and that would help him. You saw hopefully the image of the school teacher that she was beaten. Here's a, a woman who is a communist herself. She's trying to teach this generation. And one day when she doesn't come with her, um, her book with her, right? You were supposed to have the book with you at all times. If you were a true communist, you needed that, that book. If you didn't show up with it, then you were an anti-revolutionary. And so she was wearing a blouse that didn't have any pockets on it. And she got called out by her students and her students brought her outside and humiliated her and beat her with the stick. So to the point where she ended up having that facial tick that you saw and, you know, permanent damage on her face. Uh, professors and teachers, they were beaten, they were spat upon, they were tortured, they were criticized. And we're talking about a revolution that's lasting from once again, 1966 to 19. 76. This is not, you know, a couple of months. Right? We're talking about 10, 11 years of constantly living under the threat of terror that everywhere you look, you're going to see these children coming your way to try to find out something that you did, something wrong that you did. Uh, if you go to the next slide, you're going to see some of the results of the, the Cultural Revolution. Thousands were executed or imprisoned by the Red Guard. Uh, eventually, the Red Guard members were kind of turning against one another. Now, towards the end, towards the mid-1970s, it almost seemed as if you were a true supporter of Mao. You had to be the most radical. You had to be the most willing uh, to show how radical you were. So that meant that even amongst the Red Guard, even amongst these little middle school kids and teenagers, that they would start to get into uh, squabbles and quarrels to say, wait a second, you know, I, we're, we, we're going to beat up this man. He is an anti-communist. He's a, uh, an individualist. We're going to beat him up. And one group might say, no, we're not going to beat him up. We're going to kill him. Because if we don't kill him, right, we're just torturing him is not good enough. And so then the, the Red Guard would look at each other and say, you know, how, how strong of a communist are you? Are you? How, how willing are you to take a life for Mao and the, the state? So eventually, by the time 1975, 1976 comes, the Red Guard is almost in its own civil war. you got middle school kids that are 
almost dividing themselves off into the most radical of the Red Guards, the more moderate of the Red Guards, and they're throwing sticks and rocks at each other and taking over villages, and it's a full-on civil war between the Red Guard. And finally, in 1976, Mao is on his last breath. Uh, Mao is going to call in the army. The army is going to come in, and they're going to crush the little envelopes and enclaves of the Red Guard that existed throughout China. And he's going to force all of these high school, middle school, and some college students by now uh, onto the fields, onto the peasant fields. He's going to tell the peasants, um, teach them how to farm. They, they need some time to cool off because they've gotten a little too radical. So they're sent to, to labor camps is really what it is, farming camps uh, to cool off. In that last year, um, 1976, the that's really the year that Mao dies. And Mao's death really calls to an end the cultural revolution but the damage had been had been done by that point we're talking about an economy that's completely in shambles society that is just filled with terror left and right they don't know where to go or who to uh, to go towards finally once Mao dies uh, Zhou Yilai is going to be the next great communist that comes into power and China is going to be heading in a different direction if you guys look at the next slide you're going to see the work packet page that you're going to be focusing the majority of your work on. Whether you use the textbook online, this time, however, you're going to use two parts of the textbook. If you're online, you're looking for topic eight, lesson three, and topic 10, lesson three. So you're going to have to jump out of one uh, chapter, one lesson, and jump to another one. Both of them are going to be on China. If you use the files that are provided here, you'll find a PDF file, and a Google Doc. What I did was I went to topic 10, lesson three, and I um, screenshot or uh, screen captured the images that you would read if you were reading directly from the online textbook. And so you'll see that there. And it, it indicates the pages. I try my best to indicate the pages, like six, uh, 607 to 609, something like that. So what you want to do is you want to complete the goals and outcomes. In the middle, you have the actions. So as you're reading through the section, you're looking for those actions, and then you're writing down the goals and the outcomes, kind of like the causes and effects. Where were the goals? What were they hoping uh, would happen because of this action? But what happened? Right, what were the goals? What happened? What were the goals? What happened? And at the very end, it talks about China in the more contemporary world, and you have some growths and challenges. So what you're trying to do here for questions five, six, and seven is you're looking for positives and negatives. So for rapid industrialization, what's a positive or some positives and a negative or some positives and negatives that happen in China because of their increase to industrialize. Same thing for human rights. You should find a title that just says human rights or Chinese human rights violations. And then number seven, it should say China's one child policy. So for five, six, and seven, if you're coming up with two or three or four bullet points, you're trying to find the positives, good things that happen in China because of those growths, and then some of the negatives that happen because of the challenges that the Chinese deal with. When you are finished with this full page, so questions one through seven, you want to snap a picture of it, and you want to attach it to your lesson and send it in. This one's worth 50 points. I know I've been going back and forth. Sometimes I'm asking you guys just to press... Um, send that you're done. Uh, sometimes I'm asking you to snap a picture. For this one, snap a picture. I want to give you guys points for completing this one. And uh, if you look at the very last slide, it's going to say, next time on China 2.0, 
we're going to view a video called uh, Tiananmen Square Declassified. Uh, it's specifically a video looking at kind of a summary of China all the way through from 1970, uh, the end of the Cultural Revolution, uh, 76, through 1989, and a couple of months after 1989 in Tiananmen Square. You have a list of questions in the packet. I believe it's the very next next page. It should say, uh, there's a picture of Mao with uh, sunglasses on. It says, cool kids say yes. I don't know what they're saying yes to. Maybe it's communism. Um, you should that those are the list of questions and I will attach the video on the next lesson. This should be done by Thursday. Today's Monday. You should be able to complete the seven questions on that uh, work packet by Thursday. And then I'll send out the, uh, the video and you can answer the questions from Thursday over the weekend. And then we should have a quiz on China. That quiz will encompass everything we've learned about China so far from the civil war between the nationalists and the, the communists all the way through to Tiananmen Square and some of the issues and problems that China is experiencing in the contemporary world. Okay. If you guys have any questions, please let me know. Um, you know, get, get a hold of me, send me a little text message. I noticed a lot of kids have been asking, Hey, where's, I didn't see this or didn't find that. I don't have that in my packet. And uh, for those of you that are in period six, well, actually I'd say period six and period three, Miss Perez, Miss Perez has been doing a great job of getting back to you even sooner than, than me, man. She's like speedy on it. Boom, boom. Sending out some, uh, some answers, but whether it's me or whether it's her, if you have a question, let us know and we'll try to get you an answer as soon as possible. All right, guys, miss every single one of you. Um, hope to see you, hope to see you soon. Uh, I know we're not going back to school. I understand that that's, that's already been done, but, um, hopefully something changes and, uh, maybe by, by summertime, we'll see what summer school might look like if that's even going to happen or what's it going to look like. Um, might be able to see some of you there on campus. All right. Take care guys.